Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, Durham Herald Sun in North Carolina, uh, joined today by the co-host of the show, Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, today we got some good good news, you know, with Brittany Griner being, uh, you know, released and free and everything. So that was pretty cool to see that, uh, you know, waking up in the morning and saying, hey, she's being uh, released. Um, I felt bad because, you know, for a while, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right paul whelan yes yeah Yeah, so i'm not sure i'm saying his name right or not but for him to be over there for four years and still he was supposed to be a part of the package and the package that's being presented to get britney home as a a known you know terrorist you know arms dealer things like that yes a bad or somebody like you know a weed pen i'm like no i don't understand it you know uh, it's a whole the whole political battle between you know russia and the united states and everything but i'm sure for britney's family you know they're happy and thrilled to have you know their child to come back home yes yeah and uh we could obviously spend a whole podcast talking about the political machinations of the u.s and russia but uh right. the bottom line is britney's coming home and that's a great thing obviously we wish others could come home too uh including paul paul whelan um apparently the news today was that uh uh, that wasn't even offered up on the table by the Russians. He wasn't even, it wasn't even, they wouldn't even go there. So yeah, anyway, yeah, not to yeah. get too deep into that, but uh, anyway, the good news is Brittany's coming home and she was wrongly right, detained. Right, just right. like many people are in Russia. So that's a good way to start uh, as we tape this on a Thursday. So, uh, uh, as we get ready to talk to basketball, um, uh, awkward transition, but we'll go into, uh, <laughs> I will try to go into uh, uh, basketball. Um uh, you know, the Blue Devils played a great game Tuesday night in the Garden, uh, beating Iowa. Uh, ended up being 74 to 62, but they were up by, gosh, almost 20 points there uh, for a while. Then in the second half, really had that game under control, really from the first half. They, uh, the lead was, they had the lead uh, pretty much the whole game, got down to six at halftime, but then took it back up again. So great win there. Uh, obviously opened up uh, ACC play with Boston College uh, and had a great, you know, 16 point win there, another solid win. So, uh, you know, nine and two now, uh, heading into Saturday's game with Maryland Eastern Shore. Things seem to be going pretty well for the team right now. They're starting to play a little bit better on offense, still good on defense. Uh, just what, what Sheldon, what your overall thoughts on on what you saw, I guess, mainly in the Iowa game? Yeah, I want to say, uh, especially uh, with us playing, we, we used to call it, I'm not sure if they call it anymore, but we used to call it the Duke North, you know, like, you know, going up to Madison Square Garden, we call it Duke North, you know. Especially when I played, uh, we did a eyes eye where you know it used to be where the Nets play at. Yeah, and then also as you know as well as uh, Madison Square Garden, but we used to call it Duke North because uh, for the life of me, I'm not sure why, but we have a lot of fans in the New York area. You know, a lot of alums, a lot yeah, of alums. yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of alums out there. So that's why we used to call it you know Duke North and everything. But it was like almost like a second home game with us, you know, especially you know just kind of go out there and be in a big city like that of New York. So it was kind of cool to you know see you know other guys experienced that as well but uh, I think I like the fact that especially that in that Iowa game Jeremy Roach started off aggressive you know he started off with the first two points where he was dropping the basket he made a point that this is going to be the tone of the game 
And for him, he wound up, I think, I'm not sure if he tied his career high or he got his career high, but the fact that that's how he started the game, I'm like, you know, that's what we need from our leader. Like, hey, this is, you know, the tone we're going to set. We're going to impose our will on the other team. And I was glad to see that Jeremy took the reins on that and started off the game like that. So it was, it was really awesome to see. Also, it was great to see, you know, Mark Mitchell, you know, him being aggressive, you know, throughout the game yeah. and letting the game come to him where he was cutting back door. He was, you know, sneaking behind the defense and catching the lobs and things like that. Just being active. And I want to say, just watch him play. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't taking anything that was not, he wasn't forcing anything. Like he was letting things come naturally and it was good to see. And it wasn't like he was doing things in spurts. He was hitting you throughout the game. And then all of a sudden you look up like, He's six for seven, you know, with, you know, yeah. 18, 17 points, you know, that type of thing. So it was, it was great to see him. And then the last guy, uh, I know you only asked me one question, but okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep going. A lot, man. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, watching the past couple of games, you know, I've been saying this guy's been a very veteran guy for us. And I've been saying that this guy's been, he's, he's shown experience, you know, with, you know, the way he, moves around the basket. Of course, I'm talking about Ryan Young, mm-hmm. but the way he moves around the basket, the way he gets and uses the rim as an extra defender where he's finishing around the basket like that. And on top of that, the rebounding, you know, he's helping out flip with, you know, he come in with a couple double figure rebounds. And that's something that, you know, we need. Uh, hopefully we, I wish we get, you know, for all of our bigs and everything, but for him to be coming out off the bench and being that, that guy for us, it's been great to see, how he's been, you know, imposing his play on our team and being that guy for the second unit where he's able to finish around the basket. He's able to get these little um, charges or, you know, these rebounds and get extra opportunities off of that. He's been a great factor uh, off the bench. Ryan Young, no doubt about it. He's brought toughness and, um, you know, the rebounding has just been, it's, it's a huge thing. And, you know, when you got coming off the bench, I mean, just you do one thing, you know, really strong, like excellent at one area of the game. That's that's sometimes enough. And and I'm obviously you wanted to score a little more and that kind of stuff. But he plays pretty good defense and he rebounds the heck out of the ball. So yes, yeah, Sheldon, you've brought up a lot of good topics for us to talk about. There, we're all we're going to get into them as the show goes on here. I do want to remind everybody that the Believe in Do the podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, with basketball back, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, uh, you know, I wanted to bring up uh, Mark Mitchell. Um, I mean, Jeremy Roach, we can talk about him a lot too because he has really, you know, kind of become that veteran. The backcourt needed some some more scoring. We talked about that earlier, right? Filipowski was scoring a lot. Roach is now, you know, over the last five games here, he's been in double figures four times, two times over 20 points. 22 points because Iowa did match his, his career high. Uh, he's only been over 20 points three times in his career and twice in the last five games. So uh, he is really showing that strength in there uh, that they need in the backcourt. But to Mark Mitchell um, and the way he not only was aggressive on offense, and and I guess one of the timeouts, you know, Shire said Roach was like imploring him, 
drive the ball. Don't don't settle for those some of those mid-range jumpers. Go to the basket, man. You can do this. And he he did it for much most of the game. But he did that while also playing. He was the primary defender on Chris Murray, who was yeah, averaging good 21 point. points, good 10 point. rebounds, had a 30-20 game against Georgia Tech just a few days earlier, right? In the ACC Big right, Ten. Right. Good point. Good point. And he had like, you know, when he ended up uh, eight points, three of nine shooting. Seven rebounds. I mean, he shut him down, and Whitehead had a little that too, but mostly it was Mitchell. But so, what a big growth moment for a freshman to, to on that big stage in the Garden. All you know, sold out. It was crazy crowd there. It was great environment for the doubleheader with you know Island or I'm sorry, Illinois and Texas played the first game, went overtime. Uh, tremendous uh, atmosphere in the Garden, and Mark Mitchell comes out and plays the game of the best game of the season for him so far. And uh, just really a, a great uh, thing. And I was wondering, I asked him this too. I would ask you about when you're given so much energy on defense to shut down a guy like Chris Murray. And then yet he also was able to, it didn't take away from his offense. And sometimes that can happen, right? But he was able to do both. What a, what a great performance. Yeah, no, uh, you, you hit it on the head. I was like, uh, that's what uh, I was thinking about as well. Um, I haven't watched Iowa that much. But the fact that they kept saying it, you know, this guy is, you know, their guy on the team. And I'm like, is he? Like, you know, he was not even out there. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was even out there. And uh, gives credit to Mark Mitchell and the way he handled and the way he approached the game where he was given the task of stopping this guy. Like you said, he already you already mentioned that he had a 30-20 game, which is huge in college anyway. But the fact that he took on that task and shut this guy down where he was even, he was a non-factor. Like I did not know he was even on the court. Right. That's how well Mark Mitchell was playing defense. And the fact that he as a freshman was able to contribute on the other end, because it took me a little bit for me to understand, Oh, I got to give my energy to, you know, guard this dominant guy. And then you want me to go run down the court, 94 feet bang again, and then try to, you know, be, you know, a factor on the offense, you know, it's, it gets tiring. So one, a shout out to his conditioning because he's been, you know, high motor, high motor anyway. But the fact that he was able to continue to play great defense and still stay stay active on the offensive end was great to see because, you know, a lot of freshmen are not getting getting that this early where they understand how to do both. And the fact that he's able to do both, it was great to watch. And like you said, it was a big growth moment for him. Yeah, and, you know, obviously as we go forward here, he's not going to do that every night. I mean, he's a freshman, so he's going to be up and down. But just to show that he had that correct, kind of correct. ceiling was so was tremendous. And uh, so that's a big step forward. Because, again, like when Whitehead comes back, and we talk a little bit about Derek White, Derek Whitehead, and he played probably one of his better performances was against Iowa, too, the way he played. That game. He played more minutes. He played 21. That's the highest he's played so far just to come back from injury. Uh, and so when he gets more, you know, gets up to playing 25 or 30 minutes, somebody's going to lose those minutes, right? So it's going to go away. And I wondered if it might be Mark Mitchell, but Mark Mitchell saying, Hey, uh-uh, I'm not getting up these minutes quick, yeah, man. Yeah, look somewhere else. Don't, don't look over here. That's right. Don't look at 25, man. <laughs> right. Right. But no, like you said, it was great to watch him um, get more minutes, especially late in the game uh, in uh, against Iowa. You know, um, it was kind of a, a shaky moment a little bit where, they cut it to, I believe, eight with like mm -hmm. a minute, minute and a half to go and everything. I'm like, all right, you know, 
we are trying to continue to you know, pro progress with uh, the way we've been playing defense and trying to close out games. We can't take a step back, you know, that type thing. You know, I don't want to see it be a situation where we had the game under control and all of a sudden like the Kansas where, you know, they come back and, you know, we just don't have enough to finish it. So when they came in within uh, eight, I believe, uh, with a minute and a half to go, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, come on, guys. You know, you know we got to grow up a little bit faster now. So, like, you know, get it going, get it going. But the fact that we saw uh, Whitehead get more minutes that game, you can see, you can see flashes of who he is. But we need to get that consistently. And that's one thing that I'm hoping that as he goes into the next game after, you know, the finals and everything, that be again he'll get even more minutes and get that that comfortability them 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 game legs underneath him where he's trusting everything that like all his movements and all this you know he's been out for a while so he doesn't yeah. get everything he's not trusting everything so in which I get you know also he's trying to hurry and play catch up too so I get all the stuff that's going in his mind I'm just hoping that you know the next game that could be the game where you really see him putting things together and spurts together and speaking of spurts. Proctor, I'm hoping I see mm. uh, a full game out of him. Like, you will see stretches where he'll come in and be like, all right, 10 minutes, he'll have, like, double-figure points. Uh, I forgot what game that was, where he had, like, double-figure points right off the bat uh, yeah. the first 10 minutes of the game. And then all of a sudden, didn't I don't know if he scored the rest of the game. Like, it was, it was like that. I'm like, I, I can see him, because they say he's very, uh, you know, intelligent, you know, basketball player and everything. Yeah. Different things he does on the court but I just I don't know I just want to see him do that for 48 minutes because you see he'll have a spurt and then you won't see that spurt for a while and you'll see a couple bad misses and things like that whatever and yes I get it he's still young he's not the player he's going to be and I understand that but for me I'm like I see it and it's right there I just need it to continue that's the only thing I'm saying like just continue it that's all you know, he did it against Iowa, which you, you just mentioned. Right, he, right, he had like eight right. points, that key stretch late in the first half when Duke got the lead up over in the double digits. He was a big part of that, right? Right, right. And then all of a sudden, like he didn't score again the rest of the game. Like he finished. I was thinking, oh gosh, he's going to have a 16, 18 point game here. Ended up with eight points, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Like just 40 minutes, you know, like a, a good, maybe even 36 minutes, you know, like just like a, uh, both halves, you know, like, you know, that's what I want to see. So I want to hopefully, you know, that comes like something that he's able to do throughout the game, um, especially when he wants to go into Christmas break. And then he understands like, you know, film of what he, what he's doing and what he can do and then kind of stretch that out for, you know, hopefully a whole course of the game. Yeah, uh, I think that this will be a key stretch for him, I think. Um, once finals are done, he could just focus on basketball for two or three weeks again before the spring semester starts up in January. Because uh, he has a high IQ of basketball. From He was involved in the NBA Global Academy in Australia. And, in fact, he would have been there again this year had he not reclassified early. He'd be even better next year. So that's right, something right. John Shire reminded us about in New York after the game was you know, he was supposed to take a gap year. He was supposed to still be at the Global Academy or whatever and uh, uh, learn some more basketball before he played college basketball. But uh, he's here and he's, 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 you know, he's, he's, you know, some good minutes for sure. Um, the other thing about Whitehead, um, you know, he got hurt in the summertime and again, after the game in, in New York, Shira mentioned that, you know, he didn't have to play. Like, he, you know, he could have said, I don't want to get hurt again. I want to protect my draft status. I mean, those are things kids do now. Right. I mean, 
He had every right to do that, to slow play it and yeah, say, you're right, you're right. I don't want to come back till January and ACC play. I want to make sure I'm all right. But no, he came back in November. And uh, it's something I hope to be able to talk to him a little bit more, more about this uh, after the next few games here, kind of see where his thinking is on that and where he is on his, on his health. Because he, he, he shows more explosiveness. He had a couple of plays in the Iowa game where he drove the basket and, and was aggressive in traffic, not worried about coming down on somebody else's foot to re-injure his foot. You know, I mean, that's in your head, obviously. Right, right. Uh, but he's showing showing signs that he's getting there. He's getting there. And uh, again, I think come January, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a different team in January and February. I'm almost confident because we got him and we and lively, we can talk a whole lot about more. But uh there's there's more growth there to, to be had for sure. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, uh like I said, with those two guys that we mentioned, you know, with uh, Proctor and Whitehead, um, I can see them having having the the biggest step, you know, going into the second half of the season. I can see that happening. Uh, like I said, you can see flashes of it, and you see it's there. And, you know, of course, you want it to come a little bit faster, you know, as a fan as well. And then that's another thing. That's a good point, too. Uh, I, I catch myself because, you know, Proctor is 18 years old. Right? <laughs> I mean, technically supposed to be in high school, you know, like that type thing. So I I, I understand. Uh, I, I need to think about that point where he is, you know, he's young and everything. So he's still learning and uh, figuring things out as well. But, you know, it's just, you know, seeing, seeing it and watching it. He's like, all right, he's getting it. He's getting it. You know, just, just turn that last, you know, week, you know, just, just a little bit left. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's great though. But I think both of these guys, especially, going to be very key for us because we're going to need uh, that next push going into ACC. Because as we don't, as we know, ACC is one of the better, better leagues in the you know in the country and everything. So yeah. uh, having uh, this going on for us, you know, especially uh, during the January month after you know Christmas break, because you know a lot of times you know, when you go back home, you know, people kind of get away from it a little bit and then all of a sudden try to work your way back into it, you know, then things kind of, you know, be different. So, but, you know, I think we have a good group of guys and they're going to stay on it over the break. And then once we uh, start, you know, HC is, it's off to the races, off to the races. And then it's on again. Yeah. There's no more right. breaks for that point forward, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and this is, as we get ready for this Maryland Eastern shore game, that's the end of non-conference play for Duke in the regular season. Uh, they've only played one conference game already of these, but, uh, over the first 30 days of the season, uh, through the Iowa game, Duke played 11 games. That's more than any other power conference team. Um, it's been a grind. I've been to everyone, so I know it's been a grind. And it's, I'm, I'm an old sports writer. I mean, I know those kids, <laughs> they're moving around, playing a lot of games, not getting much practice time. Right, uh, right. You know, and then they got finals to worry about. So um, it's it's been a good thing, but uh, it's been a good grind. But they, um, uh, you know, they're th- they have three wins over that are quad one wins right now. Uh, that's uh, Xavier, Iowa, and Ohio State are all quad one wins. The only two losses are, you know, quad one losses, uh, Kansas and and Purdue. So that's that's a quality schedule for early in the right, season right, uh, right. for this team. And to come through at nine and two, uh, I think you know I know there's some a lot of disappointment when you lose the Kansas game like you do, and then right, right. you know getting blown out by Purdue, which is look look turned out to be. I think Purdue's going to be a top 10 team. Um, yeah. I mean, they're top five right now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't see them falling a lot. I mean, I know Big Ten's going to be tough, but they got they got a heck of a team. And uh, so, yeah, anyway, yeah, as we yeah. go forward, I think that's obviously you don't lose a game by 19 points. Nobody does. But when we talk about the big picture here, 
uh, they've accomplished a lot. They really have accomplished a lot through this first stretch. And uh, now they get, uh, you know, Maryland Eastern Shore. They'll play again until the 20th against Wake on the road right before Christmas. And then after that, play the 31st at home against Florida State. And then from then on, it's regular ACC grind. Every two or three days, you can have a game. But uh, so they get a little break here. But but um, really, uh, this this non-conference schedule has, has really tested them the way I thought they thought it would, the way Shire thought it would. We've learned about how he's going to handle the team, uh, how the team's responding to him. He's he's repeated over and over that like uh, uh, he doesn't, as far as like the starting five and the, and the finishing five of a game. He goes, he, he said it again uh, the other night uh, that that's going to be different every game because I'm going to go on what's happening on the court and how I feel with the gut and and I know Coach K would do that some too, right? But but he was hesitant to. Started different starting five coming out of halftime that he did the start of the game. And I haven't seen Shire do that yet. But anyway, uh, just I guess what are your thoughts on that part of it about how, how you've seen Shire kind of handle, um, you know, substitution patterns, things like that? He's, he's going deep in the bench quite a bit. He goes, he'll have four subs in there at the first time out of the, of the game. So we're starting to learn about Shire too through the stretch. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think this is a uh, learning moments from, from, from him as well where he's not only trying to understand the team, but he's trying to understand, you know, how he wants to do his rotations, you know, going forward as a head coach. And I think that this is something that he's kind of learning, kind of playing with and things like that, where he doesn't know exactly what will be his permanent. You know, I mean, every day, every game is going to be something different because you mean somebody could be in foul trouble or somebody not playing well. So things like that's going to pop up. But I think he's trying to figure out what his, his permanent rotation is going to be you know, for certain guys uh, going in, especially through this year where, you know, certain minute mark, you know, this person comes in on this minute mark and, you know, that type thing. But I think he's, he's learning as well. Um, it's great. It's great to see that the guys are responding well to him. Uh, you know, especially, you know, we have a, a loss like, you know, uh, Purdue, you know, a lot of things can seep in, you know, and I think that it's a testimony to our guys that they're still believing and still trusting in not only him, but also trusting into what they've been preaching, you know, the whole coaching staff have, have been, you know, preaching because, you know, it's always uh, something that uh, a bad loss can always, you know, derail, you know, a lot of younger players. And I think that's, you know, it's great for our guys that they still brought, you know, themselves together and rallied around each other. And, you know, that's another testimony to uh, what Jeremy Roach is being with the captain where everybody's kind of like, hey, Bring in, you know, we're gonna go through some bumps and bruises throughout the, you know, this journey of a season. But at the ultimate goal is to get to where we want to go. It's not gonna be always perfect, you know. The right. team that we have is not gonna be a team where we can be running the, running the, the the whole season where we're just gonna not, you know, lose a game that type thing. Whatever. So, but I think that's gonna be. Uh, I think it's pretty good for our guys who who are seeing that. But you know, with John, I think it's great to see that he has the ear of every guy on the team. And they still trusting in his process as well as each other um, as teammates. No doubt about it. And yeah, because again, mentioned that Purdue game. You come back from that trip. That's a long trip out west. You have to turn around and play at home. It's a home game at least, but it was Ohio State, a quality opponent. And then you have uh, ACC opener with BC, which again is at the bottom of the conference, but it's an ACC game. And then you get get back on the road and go to you know New York to play Iowa. And uh, so. I really, I think we mentioned it last week that, you know, Duke hasn't suffered their third loss in any season 
before January since like 1982, right? I think that's that we looked up. It's been 30, 40 years since Duke had more than two losses heading into January. Let me put that a little simpler. Um, and it really looked like there was a chance to, hey, I mean, after losing to Purdue, Ohio State wasn't a sure thing. You could have lost to Iowa. You could have stumbled, stubbed your toe on Boston College, you know. But right, this team right. didn't. To your to what you were just saying, to your point, they didn't. They kept it together. Uh, they didn't splinter after that loss, which it could have been a lot of finger pointing, and you know right, they, right. they didn't play well enough or whatever. You know, it starts to starts to happen. He's kept this locker room together. Oops, I kept this locker room together, and uh, that's a great sign. Now they get a break to catch their breath. You know, take finals, uh, uh, do some film study. Uh, you know, get get Sewell and and Lucas working with the guards, and get Emil working with the bigs, and um and practice some one-on-one stuff. Not preparing for a team, right? You're preparing, you're coaching yourself, right? Right, kind of honing your skills a little bit, like you know, hey, we need you to get better at doing this, you know. And a lot of times, especially during the final break, you know, you want to get back in the gym because like all you've been doing is studying, looking at the papers and the computer the whole time, and I'm like, ah. Now I want to practice, you know, before you end like, uh, how much longer practice? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, some stuff to do. Class, yeah. Let's go to class. But then yeah. uh, during finals week and everything, like, you know what, uh, you know, week before you, you're doing all the study and then finals week, you know, you actually taking the tests and things like that. It's just that, you know, you get into the gym, but all right, I haven't been doing, you know, X, Y, and Z well. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, spend 30 minutes on this, 30 minutes on that, you know, that type thing, whatever. I'm not sure what the rules are with uh, how long you got to be in the gym, that type yeah. thing. But the fact that that's what we were doing, like, hey, uh, I'm not shooting free throws well. All right, I'm shooting like, you know, 500 free throws, you know, today. You know, that type thing, just kind of just getting myself in my mind prepared, pre- prepared as well as uh, taking that mentally uh, mental approach. And once I start seeing myself doing that, all of a sudden, it's not me thinking about it anymore. It's me having it just come natural. And that's what you want to have because, you know, when you start thinking about things, overthinking things, things start going, you know, kind of wrong. So the fact that, uh, you know, they use this time to prepare themselves of things that uh, they're trying to get better at, I think it's a, it's a great option. Um, I, I remember doing it when I was there at Duke, you know, for my <laughs> four years as well, too. So, but uh, hopefully that's the case for everybody. And then, you know, kind of see what happens on Saturday. And I know the team and the coaches and everybody, they're worried about themselves, right? But as we talk about a situation where something gets out of control, uh, you know, you, one loss turns into two or three, just look down the road a little bit. Look what's happening with North Carolina, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't paying quite attention, but then I was like, I looked up and I think I saw they had like four or five losses. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How you go from being number one to yeah. not even right? And I'm like, is this going to be like last year where they going through some tough times before they click, whatever? But it was for a team that, you know, uh, that had you know, pretty much yeah, the veterans. Five. Uh, 35 is you know outside of uh manic and everything but yeah. uh yeah i was i'm i'm very shocked with that yeah but again not to get too far off of the weeds here right, talking right. about the, the other team <laughs> down the road but that's another uh, example of how how this duke team is handling could their business way yeah could go handling way. Yeah, very yeah. well that's right so um you don't want you don't want to get into that uh you know let one loss turn into three or four uh and it hasn't so that's a good sign as we go forward here. Okay. Well, this has been another great edition of the believe in Duke podcast. Please appreciate everybody listening. We love our, our regular subscribers, our regular listeners every week. Appreciate y'all doing that. Uh, joining us. Um, we'll have a new edition uh, next, next Friday. Again, we'll talk about the uh, Maryland Eastern shore game. We'll see what we saw there. We'll try to break down. some. well, we'll, we'll not be prepared for a game. Just like the team. We'll be able to talk a little bit more about 
what we've seen uh, kind of overall and kind of what you know going into all full-time ACC play from this point. Right, right. That'll be our next episode. That'll be great. So um again, uh the Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. We appreciate their support uh as we go forward here. So Sheldon, uh thanks a lot, man. Good talking to you. And uh, we'll see what the Blue Devils do next week, right? All right. No problem. No problem. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. And uh, look out for our next episode. Okay. See you all next week. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.